Welcome, everybody, to another episode and what could be our final episode of Dictations. It is definitely our final episode of 2020. Uh, we're a few days after Christmas as we're recording, and, and as I'm talking, I'm trying to figure out why you have a guitar during our Dictations episode. And and maybe I think I think a few, you've recorded with a guitar, and, and I haven't been involved in those, so explain to me the guitar. Thank you, Ben. As you know, this is the last Dictations of 2020, a strange year that we've had. Really, the reason, you know, I love to play guitar. I love vintage guitars, and um, I got myself this Christmas present. And here we are. We had a beautiful white Christmas, by the way. That's we did. That's why we're recording up here. You can still see the snow. Uh, so it was a great Christmas into a hectic year, a weird year. But really, I love guitars, and the reason I bought this guitar is because I've always wanted an old Telecaster. Fender Telecaster, and it just reminded me of what we're going to be doing this year with telemedicine. So, Telecaster, telemedicine. We're going to talk about how we're going to use telemedicine in the year 2021 and for many years to come. So, um, I actually like that. So, Telecaster, Telecaster, telemedicine. Right, and this is not just a, a Fender Tele Telecaster. It's a special edition, a Jimmy Page. Uh, 50-year edition, so it's a special guitar, and it's the one he used um, in many of his songs, including Stairway to Heaven and a lot of his early songs, and then he went to a Les Paul for a lot of his other stuff, but anyway, I always wanted one. It's the white um, Jimmy Page model. I could show you his autograph on the back of this if you wanted to, but um, in any event, um, I want to talk about this year that we've had this really weird year of 2020 what we've learned lessons we've learned from it and what the future holds not only for you know us at performance medicine but um for the whole world really lessons that we need to learn about taking care of yourself especially in times when a virus such as this COVID-19 has caused the world, and especially the United States, how awful it's been and things we can learn to maybe get more prepared for this next time because this is not the only virus that's ever going to hit us. Um, and we're still in the midst of it. I mean, we're at the very top of it. And we're, so we're trying to figure out why did some people get really sick with this and why did some others not get sick with it, what you can do to prevent not only to treat as you know we've treated hundreds of cases of covid at pm but how to prevent it and lessons you've learned and how to take care of your health this is a, the great awakening in my opinion about your health because i mean here we are in the most advanced country in the world the united states and it hit us the hardest that's because we've got tons of obesity in this in this country. I do, mean, do you think, you know, because I know you want to talk a little bit about, you know, some things that, that you've learned. Um, is that, like, what else? Like, is it just the obesity thing? Is that why the United States got as hit, hit as hard as it did? Um, that's the main reason. But it's also what comes along with it. Of course, low vitamin D levels, um, poor gut function, poor um, immune function in our bodies i mean we've become a country that's what is it 60 
percent, 60 to 70 percent of us are overweight. And it just, I mean, there's a ton of third world countries who have very little complications of COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're outliers, of course, but the most common denominators are morbid obesity, low vitamin D levels, which, you know, vitamin D concentrates in the fat. So obese people, by nature, the vitamin D that they have in their bodies, it's stored away in their fat. They can't access it. And other factors like diabetes, hypertension, everything that goes along with these lifestyle diseases that we've developed, this is not normal. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one thing that, that this was a couple years ago you mentioned to me was uh, with the book The End of Alzheimer's by Dr. Bredesen, you know, really, you know, it talks a lot about, um, you know, how to prevent Alzheimer's, but it's really about how to prevent all lifestyle diseases really if you can if you can focus on trying to prevent you know dementia alzheimer's you know you're going to prevent a lot of other things as well and and it kind of seems that you know the covid thing is very similar like if you if you have this idea of trying to prevent lifestyle disease you're gonna your immune system is going to be functioning better and thus protecting you more from viruses that come along that's right you know it's amazing how advanced we are and the warp speed that we've been able to develop a vaccine um but how little attention we pay to the basics you know this whole covid crisis has been um really they haven't looked at the important things i i think that they need to look at i mean again i shout it over and over again why dr fauci and the FDA and the White House and the CDC aren't yelling out, take vitamin D, you know, take zinc, take vitamin C, you know, I'll never know. I mean, you can look at all kinds of plots and conspiracy theories and everything, but I just want to get back to the common sense things that we know. And that's why we're kind of relabeling me as the common sense md you know in the new year this is not going to be dictations it's going to this is going to be under the heading the common sense md because i feel that's what we're missing in our country just plain old common sense i mean we've got all these smart people that don't have any common sense at all in my opinion and that's what i kind of want to focus on this year is is common sense in medicine it's missing yeah and i think that's really what what you've been doing all along with dictations is is breaking down you know complicated things into practical common sense um things you can do things you need to focus on to better your own health you know it's really like a common sense translation of of things that you know are very complicated you know like you've always said weight loss and weight management is a very complicated thing you know, but there's very, there's a couple things that you can do that can really help, you know, and, and ne- never, never before, I've never seen common sense uh, be more needed r- than right now, you know, because there's so much confusion and um, that no one really knows who to listen to. And, and I think that's really, you know, part of our mission is to, is to be a, a filter and to be a, a voice you can trust and, and even, you know, trust obviously is the most important thing, but also understand, you know, because a lot of this stuff we can't understand. It's too complicated. That's right. And that's what I think, you know, as a family doctor, a good family doctor has got to have some common sense. 
when to know if something's really serious and when it isn't. And that's one of our main jobs, I think. And we haven't been really focused on prevention. You know, it makes common sense that you'd want to prevent an illness, not treat it. I mean, in our country, we're very good. We're taught in medical school how to label something as a disease and what pill to prescribe for it. And what I want to focus on is preventing that illness in the first place. And as I age and as our population ages, how to age in a very healthy way where you're not tired all the time, you're not hurting all the time, you feel energetic. And, um, of course, a lot of it just boils back to nutrition and supplements and all those lifestyle changes you're talking about. And sleep. You know, sleep sleep has been, you know, one of those things I've noticed in my own life. Like if I go a week or two with without sleeping well, like I feel it. And and that's it's it's been I think it's been more obvious to me um, during this pandemic. But uh, but but sleep has been is moving forward into 2021 for me personally. You know, it's going to be one of those things I really uh, try to be intentional about. Um, and, and I think, you know, melatonin's obviously been a, uh, there's been a lot of talk about that with COVID and, and um, over the holidays, I've been taking that at night. That's been super helpful. Sure. Melatonin's great. And sleep is so important. That's one reason this year I've worn my Aura ring. It's been one of the best tools I've ever had for measuring uh, things in my own health, especially my sleep patterns, but also exercise activity, body temperature, heart rate variability. Some of those things that a lot of people don't even know about that are very important. But uh, you Does, know, does it take your O2, O2 stat? No, but I've got a little monitor, you know, in my house for an O2 sat. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. 30 bucks. I mean, that's great to see what your oxygen levels are at different times when you're resting, when you're exercising, that type of thing. But, um, you know, we really want to bring a lot of common sense preventive medicine into um, – the lives of all our patients or anybody that happens to follow these podcasts that we do because we feel we've got a lot of experience in treating this and and looking to the the next thing you know well you know speaking of you know we're talking common sense right now and 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 I know like I really want to get into telemedicine and I really feel like telemedicine there's there's got to be some common sense involved with that too and and I know you're a big believer in it you know why don't you talk a little bit about you know, the application of telemedicine and what it means for patients in terms of, you know, when they should get a telemedicine visit versus when they should go to see a doctor, kind of, kind of some common sense type principles that people can can uh, can go into the new year with. We've been forced to do so much telemedicine the last six months. In my practice, I can go into work and I can almost expect that about a third to a fourth of my Patient visits are going to be with telemedicine, either on the phone or Zooming. And it's going to be such a huge part of medicine in the future. It's very convenient. It's a little less expensive for the patient. You know, this is interesting. Fifteen years ago, I tried to get a telemedicine license from the state of Tennessee. I mean, I went through this whole rigmarole. I got fingerprinted, paid $1,000 to the state medical boards, and after a year, I kept wondering why they had issued my telemedicine license because I wanted to really be the first family practice doctor to actually be certified or licensed to do practice telemedicine. So it never came, and I'd already spent all this time and effort on it. 
So I called the medical board and talked to some old geezer on the medical board. And uh, he goes, Dr. Rogers, why do you want to tell a medicine license? Uh, at the time, the only people that really needed them were radiologists so they could read a CAT scan at their house in the middle of the night. So I go, because, sir, I feel it's the, the future of medicine is going to be telemedicine, where it's going to be more convenient for the patient, easier for me if I'm, you know, if I'm traveling or somewhere. And I just think it's the future, sir. Well, he, he honestly tells me this. And he goes, well, the future is not here. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the way medicine's gone. I mean, these academic ivory tower medicine people that kind of tell us how to practice or try to tell us how to practice, they're so old-fashioned and backward thinking, it's unbelievable. So... I want to be a forward-thinking person, and well, I'm he, not going to let that hold me back. It turns out the rest of the story. I asked the guy, "Well, do I get my thousand dollars back and, and all?" And and uh, he goes, "No." <laughs> so I thought, "Well, thanks a lot." Anyway, so then I I asked the TMA about this. I told them about it, and they said, "Well, here's the thing: you don't even need a telemedicine license to practice." So, you know, so it was a, a lost cause anyway. I could do it anyway legally. So. And now that COVID hit, a lot of the restrictions have been eased so that we can treat people across state lines and everything. I mean, I've treated people all over the country for COVID this year, hundreds of people. Do you think that's going to be a, a permanent change or do you think that's going to be just during this pandemic? What's your thoughts on that in terms of treating people out of state? I hope it's a, I hope it's a permanent thing that we, that we need to implement. Uh, certainly right now it's fine. So... I'm hoping that it's a permanent thing. We'll see, you know. Um, well, when, when you say forward thinking with telemedicine, like uh, from the patient's perspective, you know, wh where do you think the value is? Is it just convenience? Is it, you know, obviously I think that, you know, if I were a patient looking to, to get treated, I like the idea of not having to, you know, take out three hours of my day versus an hour. You know, do you think that's the, the big thing right now, or do you think it's um, accessibility? You know, because I know you pride yourself on accessibility. Right. I think it's a lot of things. Again, I like to lay hands on patients, you know, yeah. at least once a year, you know, do their physical and all. It's always, you can kind of tell a little bit more when you're looking in somebody's eyes and real close to you about these subtle things you, you might not pick up on otherwise. That's why... I don't use uh, EMR systems. I don't want to be over in the corner of the room typing something in while the patient's trying to tell me about their illness or their concerns about their health. So I don't use a computer when I'm in the room at all. You know, I, I use paper charts. I'm old-fashioned. But um, to me, I'm able to kind of get more out of that visit, and the patient certainly appreciates it because I'm paying attention to them. I'm actually listening to them. Now, it may be a little bit more difficult, but for routine things like refills and common concerns and and even when they're sick, if they don't want to spread that anywhere, then I can pretty much tell uh, what they need. And then I can call in their antibiotic if they need, if they're sick, um, or, you know, kind of counsel them a little bit. So I think it's just a great thing. It's, it's going to be the future, no doubt. It's really interesting because, you know, when I think of – PM and when I think of you I do think you know very old school in in certain ways but also extremely progressive 
in in other ways in the in the sense of the the type of medicine you're practicing it's very forward thinking in terms of the use of vitamins versus just putting people on medications um you're obviously very bullish on telemedicine and it's you know super progressive how do you like how do you kind of combine combine those old school principles of of listening to the patient you know really getting to know them with this very new school um you know this zoom culture that we're really heading into i feel like we've we've gone in the past eight months we've progressed five years in in the way we communicate right well a lot of it boils down to you know you want the technology and the advancements but a lot of times it boils down to that common sense and really the reason people now are are not any healthier in fact they're in worse health than they were 50 years ago is because of what they put in their mouth so it gets down to the basics of nutrition sleep stress um, hormones I mean look at look at like testosterone replacement 50 years ago testosterone levels were much higher in the average man and woman than they are now I mean we live in a world that's so complex with so many synthetic chemicals that pesticides that they lace your food in that it's very hard to be healthy unless you really know what you're doing i mean the government's not helping you need there as far as what they regulate that's put into your foods you have to take it upon yourself and that's one thing i want to do is take it upon myself to teach my patients and the public on what to eat and what to avoid you know um especially because it has become more complex because of all the the options that are out there now like there's so many different things you know we've been industrialized in so many different areas of of our life whereas you know when you were growing up or when you know your dad was growing up it was just it was just different there there wasn't uh the industrialization of things um this you know very commercial environment we're in um so i think you know now as we're progressing faster and faster because you know this is as slow as things will be moving ever again like they're constantly getting quicker so you almost have to um in order to stay healthy you have to be super intentional about these very basic things right especially because medicine in itself has become very monetized you can almost follow the money and see the trail of why we use so many statins on people that don't need them um so unfortunately medicine my sacred profession that i was kind of born into a family of doctors has become very um i hate to say the word bastardized but you know it's become monetized for sure um and it's been taken over practically by insurance companies uh government healthcare executives that want more money you know they want to and so the doctors themselves have been really relegated to a very low level status um, as far as on the healthcare food chain um, so i want to get back to common sense and I, I research this stuff to the hilt i read three books a week and research stuff and i'm able to apply it to my patients i mean Get, you get a guy like Dr. Fauci, I keep coming back to him, or, you know, some of the ivory tower guys that they don't see patients. You know, I see patients every day. I have for 36 years. And you get to figure, you get a good feeling for what works and what doesn't, what's serious and what isn't. 
And I'm telling you, what you need to do is watch what you put in your mouth to get a good night's sleep. Balance those hormones that have been disrupted by all these chemicals that we're putting into our body and that we're breathing in. Even stress itself, which is toxin. Stress is a toxin. And people today have much more stress than they did 15, sure. 20 years ago. Yeah. People are fatter than they were. I mean, the average person back in the 60s when I grew up, the average adult male was 160 pounds. The average adult female was 115 pounds. Nowadays, it's 30, 40 pounds north of that for both. And what the new normal is is really fat. And you've seen what that causes. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of these metabolic diseases and these hormonal dysregulations, these uh, immune system disorders that we're seeing manifold, you know, four times what it was back then. I mean, diabetes back in the days, it was not a common disease. Now, you know, one out of three Americans has either diabetes or prediabetes, hypertension, all these lifestyle diseases that we just want to pile more medicines and medicines and medicines on when people aren't feeling any better actually they're feeling worse because the medicines have side effects well, well one thing you know you've told me a lot about is you know you treat obviously as a family practitioner you treat a lot of diabetes it's a it might be the majority of what family practitioners see yeah i mean they're treating diabetes cholesterol hypertension and then the other things that can come fall by the wayside like depression arthritis chronic pain chronic fatigue so so my question for you would be what was a family practitioner treating mostly back in like the 50s you know would it be because obviously there wasn't nearly as many di diabetics back then i'd be interested do you have a do you have a, a guess as far they as they were treating a lot of infections okay that makes and, sense and uh you know nowadays we've got a whole armamentarium of things to treat infections. As a matter of fact, that's why our our uh, lifespans are much higher now than they were 100 years ago, simply because of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. I mean, but when you look at the, the what I call health span, the period of your life when you still feel good and are healthy and active, they've actually gone down. Um, I mean, you look at your average... Um, 60 I'm 65 you look at your average 65 year old and they you know they don't get around too well and they they're on an average of five medications um they don't feel well they're grumpy they're depressed they don't move they're not athletic um so a lot of ways we've become much more unhealthy and even now the lifespan of these um newborns are probably going to be less than their parents for the first time in history i think the last two years uh they've proven that kids are going to die sooner in an average lifespan than their parents are is that because of you know food and, and yeah because of obesity mainly hmm. i mean i keep blaming obesity on most of our problems and it is it's it's my main focus um, i, I want to kind of take it back to to telemedicine will you what, what's your definition of telemedicine? What, what's your definition right now as far, as far as what it is, and and do you see where do you see it going? Well, my idea of telemedicine is for your primary care doctor to be able to, when you can't come in and see the doctor 
or when you get sick and need a doctor is to be able to grab the phone or your computer and get right in that day uh, and get better get that get it quicker you don't have to travel it's going to be less expensive and get treated right there instead of trying to wait two weeks before you can get in and see your doctor and that's i'm actually i'm surprised you said that because uh that's been the biggest thing with covid you know like i i didn't anticipate that answer which i'm really excited about uh the, the whole thing with covid and your big thing has been being able to act fast being able to treat early and it it kind of seems like you know that might be a wake-up call for more and more people to start using telemedicine is for you know early treatment right uh, whether that's COVID or or something else you know maybe it's getting on you know diabetes a little sooner before you know pre-diabetic turning diabetic you have any thoughts on that yeah convenience yeah you know people want convenience their lifestyles are hectic they're busy and who wants to you know take a half day out to go see the doctor yeah you know I mean you know when I get in with a patient visit I like to visit a little bit with my patients and get to know them you know it's almost like a friendship as well as a doctor patient relationship and because I'm trying to develop trust of course you know and and if they trust me to do the right thing then that goes a long way with getting better yes I mean reassurance I mean you know like my dad said that the most important words you'll ever talk to with a patient or words of comfort so a lot of times they just need reassurance especially now with all the the mental health issues the anxiety depression that's built up with this COVID epidemic has been unbelievable um so as far as the you know you're you're a big believer in the patient doctor relationship do you think telemedicine is going to make that relationship deeper or do you think it's going to make it more shallow maybe accessibility goes up but the relationship goes down trust goes down what's your thoughts on that it could could be a double-edged sword i mean yeah yeah i mean again like i say i like to lay hands on a patient um and certainly um it's a better way to have one-on-one but it's you know telemedicine is better than not coming into the doctor and seeking early treatment just like this COVID thing, early treatment works. I mean, we've proven it hundreds of times um, that early treatment, um, even with off-label stuff, that that really works tremendously. So that's been our focus. Is yeah, and I think that's going to be a challenge, or the challenge for offices like PM, for doctors like yourself. You know, how can we how can we maintain that doctor-patient relationship, that that bond, um, while you know, you know, through you know a virtual type interaction, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting um, problem to solve, and something that I know we've we've been talking a lot about behind the scenes. Um, I want to ask you before we wrap up, because I know we got to wrap up. Um, what are some things you're going to do um, in 2021 uh, for your own health? What's some changes you're going to make um, that the people out here listening? Uh, could you know could learn from might adopt themselves i'll tell you i've during this past year we've i love intermittent fasting i mean i just love fasting especially the intermittent fasting um i did it my i do it myself almost every day now and i feel so much more energetic and i was beginning to gain a little bit of weight for a 
lean guy, mm-hmm. you know, who preaches this stuff, I'm not going to get fat. I can tell you that right now. And my belt was getting a little snug, mm-hmm. probably because I was stressed out. You know, any small business owner now is sure. stressed out and probably stress eating a little bit more carbs than I need. But so I love intermittent fasting. I love monitoring my sleep patterns. I love looking into hormones and inflammatory markers. You know, we're, we're, we'll expand our Cleveland heart panel and do even more work with that. Um, you know, I love ordering CT calciums and telling your risk of heart disease, which is the number one killer. And we've developed a few more tools to treat diabetes and obesity with. And certainly I, I'm ever expanding my knowledge on vitamin supplementation and things that I myself take because of a little bit of insulin resistance and, you know, age. You know, I really want to focus on um, this year, like everybody else, having more energy and hurting less in the joints, you know, kind of an an all-encompassing or all-encompassing anti-aging clinic. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, as you're talking, my my head went towards, you know, focusing on things we can control, you know, like little things that we can control that can have, you know, real positive impacts on our health. And, and you know, and there's certain things we can do to control our inflammatory markers, to control our sleep patterns, to control our energy levels, to control our, you know, fat storage, you know, if we're talking about intermittent fasting. So I, I find that really interesting. Anything else that, that uh, you're going to kind of add to your repertoire? Um, you know, we're learning all the time about different things that you should be doing as you age and to stay lean and fit and sleep better um, and certainly tune up your hormones because as your hormones decline, you decline mm-hmm. in every way. You know, to clear up some of the misconceptions about hormone replacement you know that's always a mission of mine is to um, destroy those old myths about hormones as well as nutrition I mean everything I was taught about nutrition was completely wrong and most of it I learned you know on my own through having two diabetic children and then researching things and um, we just got to get over um, some of the old things that that still persist in the way of uh, the way medicine's being delivered to the people of this country. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like the way medicine is delivered and also the way education is delivered, you know, and what types of information that we're um, educating people with. I think it's just as important. Um, so you've obviously, you've done a great job uh, doing that. I'm super proud to be able to work with you. And, and, um, and Dictations has been uh, I think a blessing not only to me but to to everybody listening, uh, and and I'm excited about this this new rebrand. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people consider you uh, a, a common sense type doctor, and uh, and I'm excited about starting the Common Sense MD podcast, which uh, we're going to segue to in the new year. Um, we're going to have you know lots of different avenues for you guys to find that podcast. It's going to be a a cousin podcast to performance medicine audio and uh and i'm excited about getting that started um so so dr Roger, I, me too I'm and pumped one more goal is to get better on the guitar this year you know you know life is not all work although i am kind of a workaholic 
but it's also play. You want to have fun, enjoy your life, and develop your relationships, and you know, help other people out. And music is is good for the brain. There's lots of science behind that. I love music. Learning so. learning new things, uh, guys. Thank you for a, a wonderful year. This has been, if it's not the last ep- episode of Dictations, it's one of the last two. I'm super. I've been super proud to be a part of it, uh, Dr. Rogers. It's been so much fun doing this with you, and I'm looking forward. Uh, to the Common Sense MD podcast. Uh, guys, we'll, they'll have plenty of uh, places to check that out. Uh, so this is me, Ben Rogers, with the Common Sense MD, Dr. Rogers. Uh, we are signing off uh, for maybe the last time in 2020. We are not totally sure, uh, but we will definitely see you in 2021 with the Common Sense MD podcast, as well as all the stuff going over uh, on Performance Medicine Audio. We're going to make sure we're putting out great content over there as well. Uh, thank you to all of you listening. Uh, it's been such a pleasure uh, getting to, to do this with you guys and certainly with you, Dr. Rogers. Uh, We will see you guys next year. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.